Hello, ladies and gentlemen. My name is David Michael. I'm Michael Carter. And we are Ridiculously Bored. David. Michael, it's nice to see you yes, again. It always is. After having just dropped you off at the airport two days ago. <laughs> yeah. Lucky I fucking made it home. The airport in New York closed on what? my trip home. Yeah, there was a major storm that rolled through. And so first of all, we get on the flight and the pilot gives a kiss of death. Uh, we plan on getting you in about 30 minutes early. So sit back for a great fast flight. Take off. Halfway through, oh, there's a storm rolling through New York. Um, we're going to probably have to circle for a little bit. So, fine. We go. Now we're about four and a half hours in, five hours into what should have been a four-hour flight. Oh, uh, Airport's still closed, and if it doesn't reopen soon, we're going to have to land somewhere to get more fuel. Oh. <laughs> Which I never understand. If you're going to land somewhere, just fucking you let that. you off there. Yeah. Like, you know what I mean? They're going to land you at what? A different, a different airport close by. Just so, get off the airplane. <laughs> so after the four hour flight became a little bit over a six hour flight, which included in essence, swinging by Boston to say hello. We didn't stop, but that's the flight path we had to take to get into New York. So um, thankfully though, for those who were leaving New York, it was a fucking disaster. The um, service desk for the airlines had minimum 150 people online to get help. Oh, that's the worst. So with the airport closed for two hours, it being an international airport leads to a lot of problems. But that's fine. I am home. And where am I home from, David? Arizona. And before that? Viva Las Vegas. Yes. (laughs) So we went on the annual Vegas trip, which ironically, last year's annual Vegas trip was in November, episode 51, if anybody's interested in listening to it. But, um, and this one happened to be relatively quickly after, about six months after. So um, let's talk about our trip to Vegas for a few days before we get to why I was in Arizona and all that other stuff afterwards. Yeah, I I think I'm not alone in coming to the realization that i fucking hate Vegas. (laughs) I think we all kind of felt it. And maybe it's because we just went six months ago. But as we had talked about many times in the last couple of episodes, this was my third trip to Vegas in the last two months. So in the last six months, my fourth trip to Vegas, right? So that's a lot to go any one place that you don't live. And this time around, we had we had such a good time. I mean, you, me, uh, Hot chocolate, sugar Hot cho- daddy. I, I forget the nicknames. <laughs> Hot chocolate, new nickname, sugar daddy, <laughs> GQ, whatever you want to call them. We we had a fantastic time just hanging out. We got smacked around for the most part on the gambling, although I ended up up, although <laughs> that's questionable because you and I spent a good $300 in fuel on the way home. <laughs> yes, and yeah. the room and all the other stuff. So definitely down when you factor all that in. Oh, for sure. Um, and look, any place, anytime you go on vacation, it's expensive, right? You got your flight if you're flying, or you're in your case, you're driving, and your car is not the most fuel efficient, so there's that. But there's all of those costs that go into it. And then when you go into Vegas, there's also 
everything costs a little bit more. And, you know, Vegas isn't any longer those $9.99 buffets that, you know, you can live on. Those days are long gone. So it's expensive. And if you do anything, it's expensive. And if you go to a restaurant, it's expensive. The rooms are expensive. And and on top of it, they take $1,000 to $2,000 out of your pocket at the table. (laughs) (laughs) Well, let's let's quantify expensive because this is like next level shit. And just to give you an example, Sugar Daddy and I spent a majority of the time on the weekends at the pool, right? Particularly because we were so tired of getting smacked around at the blackjack table. So we're like, let's do something that's not going to cost us money. At least that we thought. So you're sitting in the pool, the waitress comes up to you. I'm sorry, the server comes up to you, whatever you want to call them. Uh, what would you like to drink? You know, we'll get something super simple. Give me a mojito or give me a Bloody Mary if it's too early in the morning, right? She goes off, comes back 20 minutes later with two drinks. That'll be $70. <laughs> two fucking drinks. And that includes the tip. So it was $65 and I gave her a $5 tip, which normally I probably would have tipped you know, 20%, which is what, 12 bucks on, 13 bucks on that? Hell no, no, I'm not, I'm not fucking, I'm not tipping 20% on $65, $32.50 per drink. And we, on on Friday, we must have had 10 drinks a piece. And I mean, and you, you'd say, all right, 10 drinks, that's a, that's a lot, right? It was spread throughout like four or five hours, but, and it, you know, they don't put a lot of alcohol in these fucking mixed drinks, right? The only way to, to get good levels of alcohol in drinks in Vegas is to order a beer or a glass of wine or shots. Like that's the only way you're actually getting what you pay for. So now if I can jump in for a second as an outsider who doesn't really drink and who sees you guys after your 10 not very alcoholic drinks, it's got alcohol in it, buddy. (laughs) (laughs) But 10 of them, come on. On any given night, if I have 10 beers, I'm vomiting everywhere. Right. And that has happened before people. And that has happened before. Yes, that has happened before. But I mean, yeah, we get back to the room before dinner and we're a little bit loopy and, and, and funny and whatnot, but this was not like 10 drinks a piece. We should have been absolutely plastered. Can't walk. Like that's, that's how bad we should have been. So let's, let's also talk about you guys getting back to the room before dinner. So Vegas is extremely difficult to get reservations. I booked the reservations for restaurants six, eight weeks ago. And even there, I was having trouble getting the reservations. Like the prime 6 to 8 p.m. was almost booked at every single place, even when I did this six, eight weeks ago. So we got a reservation at a place for 545. And as the pool boys, the cabana boys, were drinking all day, away from their phone, in the pool, things like that, we were trying to get them Four o'clock, we're trying to get them. Four thirty, four forty-five, five o'clock, we're trying to get them. Five forty-five. While hot chocolate and I are waiting online at the restaurant, you guys reach out and is like, "Hey, we just got back to our room. What time's dinner?" <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like, "Now, I guess we're doing dinner without you." <laughs> so, I'm pretty yeah. sure it was slightly different than that. I, I think at some point we we're like, "Hey, I don't think we're gonna make dinner." Yeah. We were, I, there was one point where we were in the pool and we had just ordered drinks and the, you know, waitress dis, or the server disappeared for like, you know, 40 minutes. And I'm like, dude, dude I'm, I, we already paid for these drinks. Like I'm not leaving without the drinks. So it was like, all right, we're going to miss dinner. All right. So while you guys didn't come to dinner, hot chocolate and I go to dinner and 
I run my mouth a lot. We know this. <laughs> Understatement right? of the And year. I start conversations for no reason. And normally, I kind of just say something, and I really state it for the fact, and then I want to be able to move on. So as people know, I just had knee surgery, and I've finally gotten past. I'm not even using a cane anymore, though I still go up and down stairs extremely slowly, but I'm not even using a cane. So there's some lady at the restaurant next to Hot Chocolate and I who's using a walker. And she's about 65, 70 years old. I don't know why there was no reason to. Hot Chocolate was doing something. He had a work emergency, so he was doing that. So he was occupied. This lady's husband went to the bathroom or something, so she was just sitting there. I'm just sitting kind of next to her. So I just go, hey, I see you got a walker. Um, Did you have a knee injury? Did you have knee surgery? Like, what happened? So... The plan, trying to relate because you just had knee surgery. This is part of your tribe, yeah, right? Yeah. You're like, hey, we can, we can relate. We're going to rise up <laughs> and take hot chocolate steak. <laughs> no, so the idea in my mind was just, I don't know why, because this is really how I played it out in my mind. She would say yes, I would say I did too, and then we wouldn't talk anymore. Like that was the intent, that was the best the situation was going to be in my mind. Nothing more than that. So she goes... No, this is my anxiety walker. Oh, Jesus. So I'm like, oh. So now hot chocolate sees my desire to get out of this conversation as quickly as possible. So I'm like, oh, oh, I think my food's coming. And she's like, see, I need the anxiety walker because it helps me deal with stress. And, and then she starts going into it a little bit. And like then I was trapped for a couple minutes of her explaining to me how, which I've never heard of before in my fucking life, somebody having an anxiety walker. Um, the funny story, though, when her husband comes back, the two of them didn't seem to care that people were right next to him as they fought over her anxiety and how much it's uh, disturbing his life. <laughs> oh, <geez>. <laughs> <laughs> so, well, it's yeah. disturbing my life now hearing the story, yeah. so I don't blame him. <laughs> so... Um, the way kind of gambling played out is Sugar Daddy ended up winning a big hand right at the end, so I think he was up. I ended up betting like a lunatic the last five minutes, and I ended up basically even. Um, you were up, so you kind of stopped. Hot Chocolate doesn't really gamble, so if he was down 100 bucks, I'd be surprised. So overall, at least in that sense, all of us kind of walked away with our own money. Um, but, you know... The rooms, as we talked about, the rooms are about five hundred bucks a night, so they're yeah, not. That cheap. was crazy. Yeah, I, I mean, I knew it. We we kind of we picked the weekend first, right? And then it was like, all right, let's now. Now that we picked the weekend, let's go get the rooms. So we really have didn't have a choice because we were like, oh, we really want to stay at Caesar's Palace, and uh, yeah, that was that was a, a pretty expensive weekend. And again, not like the money matters that much. Like you said, you're going to spend a lot of money anytime you go on vacation. But I think all of us were a little shell-shocked when all was said and done between rising fuel prices, thirty-two fifty per drink, you know, the dinners that we went to, no less than two, three hundred bucks. Mm-hmm. I mean, and that was like a, a, a getting off good, right? It, it was a very, very expensive weekend. And it's not like we won thousands to, to cancel that out, right? Like I said, I blew my winnings on gas on the way home, <laughs> so it wasn't uh, it wasn't all that fruitful of a weekend. So I think we all came to the conclusion that I think this this might be the last time for at least a while that that we do Vegas as a, as the annual trip. Yeah, what we talked about was it might be a better idea to go to a place that also has a casino, like 
Montreal, New Orleans, even on like the Mississippi because they have those riverboat gambling and stuff like that where we can do a bunch of other shit and then go gamble for a couple hours rather than that being the focal point. So I also, if, we go, if we go someplace with one casino and mm-hmm. you run your mouth and get us thrown out, then what? Well, we were only going to be there for a couple hours anyway. Right? <laughs> <laughs> Hopefully I'm on a heater before we get Because your, your excuse was, okay, you're going to throw me out? Fine. I'll just go next door. You, you, yeah. you, you can no longer use that excuse. That, that was actually said, people, in Atlantic City to the dealers yes. <laughs> when they threatened to throw me out. My exact words were, I'm sorry, do you know where there's another casino in town? <laughs> so I want to talk about, at one point, you guys were at a lounge, right? And so we all met up in in the in the end of the casino, like kind of you know ten feet off the tables. We were in a lounge, and um, the waitress was super nice, super friendly. So we were there for probably about two hours. We were just hanging out. Everybody was having drinks, um, except for me. I was getting bitched out for having my diet soda, but that's beside the point. So the the waitress comes up, the and it was a waitress. Unlike David, who keeps trying to be politically correct, waitress, server, waitress, server. It was a waitress. <laughs> she comes over, and I say to her, I said, we all know there's hookers here. I said, that is, that's a given. I said, we know there's the women here. They're walking around. They're trying to do business. But that's a given. I said to her, I said, do you think there's any male prostitutes here for my boys here? No, I'm kidding. <laughs> I, said, <laughs> I said, do you think there's any male prostitutes here? So she's like, that's actually a good question. She's like, I'm sure there is. She's like, I don't know if I could pick them out like we could some of the women. She's like, but I'm sure it is. So I'm like, I'm just just curious. So she walks away. Comes back five minutes later. I say to her, I got another question. (laughs) I go, do you think by nature a bar of soap is clean or is it dirty? And I go, unless you're dating a mechanic. I'm like, look, if you're dating a mechanic, I get that your bar of soap might have fucking grease all over it. I'm like, but do you just think a bar of soap by nature is clean? So she goes, what the fuck has happened in the last five minutes? <laughs> She's like, that I left, you guys were talking about hookers. She goes, I come back and you're asking if a bar of soap is clean. She's like, what train of thought got you to this? So I'm like, no, 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 no. You don't want to get on this train. Yeah, yeah, you don't want to know. <laughs> I, go, I go, look, you want to be at one of the stations along the way, maybe peek your head in when we stop. I go, you don't want to get on this train of thought. <laughs> so she was like, all right, fair enough. So she answered the question. She agreed with me. That's all I cared about. Um, yeah. For people listening, if you feel like writing in the curiosity, and I won't tell you which way my, my vote was or David's vote was, but if a bar of soap is used on a Monday and then left in your bathroom, and a different person uses it on Tuesday, is that bar of soap clean and there's no issue with somebody else using it, or is it a dirty bar of soap and you need your own new one? So if anybody wants a vote, write in ridiculouslybored at gmail.com. And uh, just out of curiosity, is it is it okay if the bar of soap has pubic hair stuck to it? No, that's a no-go. That's, that's uh, a no-go? That's a no. All right. but is, it, is it still clean if it has pubic hair stuck to it? I mean, it's usable. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus Christ! Let, let's 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 clarify the uh, the male prostitute story. We were sitting two tables from three very mature women. I would say at the youngest, they were in their mid sixties. They mm-hmm. were retirement age, at a minimum, and at their table were two very young, very clean cut well-dressed and very boisterous males 
I also think on a side note, I also thought they were gay. Yeah. Um, yeah, but I saw that. apparently not based on how you guys thought the rest was playing out. Well, it, it, it was really weird because when we sat down, you know, there were two tables away from us and, 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 um, sugar daddy says to me, Hey, I think, I think they're checking us out. And you know, like as, as a joke and sure enough, I look over and yeah, they're, they're, they're watching us walk in. I'm like, Oh, Jesus Christ. And then five minutes later, they're sitting with these two young boisterous, well-dressed men. So I thought that was really interesting. That's what spawned the conversation for those yes. who uh, who want to know. Anyway, so Vegas was good. We had a great time. Uh, it may be the last time for a while that we do uh, do Vegas. We might have to do something else. Yes. Um, so let's talk about the trip home from Vegas. Okay. Because you got your first taste of what it's like to uh, drive either to or from Vegas. What did you think about that? So... The first taste was supposed to be the Hoover Dam. And once we started talking about how long it was going to take to get back, I'm like, fuck the Hoover Dam, I'll go a different time. <laughs> <laughs> so the first taste was immediately cutting that out of the equation. But to be fair, because we did take a little bit of a detour, we didn't necessarily go the most direct route. Um, but I think in a normal situation, like, look, we were bullshitting the, most of the ride. Um, we stop when we needed to. We stop for gas, stretch breaks, no, lunch, we stop things when you like needed that. To. Oh, whatever. However, smoke, smoke them if you got them. Um, but then we also went to the town of Oatman, right, which was on your to-do list. It was. It was. Uh, we, we, and we talked about this before. Uh, we did bring the cameras. The cameras were rolling. And uh, as you listen to this podcast, if you go over to YouTube. And go to our channel, Ridiculously Bored, on YouTube. You will see a brand new video there called The Burrows of Oatman. And that is uh, is ready for your viewing pleasure. It was uh, quite the trip, that's for sure. You also will notice, if you watch that video, and we'll probably do it here as well, we have a very difficult time calling them burrows. We keep calling them donkeys, <laughs> <laughs> um, which I believe are actually two different animals. You know, one of the things... On the way there, David and I were like, oh, you know what we'll do? Let's do a little bit of extra research so we have some information. But there is no fucking Wi-Fi from yeah. <laughs> like 100 miles us. outside of Oatman till 50 miles past. Yeah, so, so you haven't seen the, the latest version of the video yet. I actually went back and did some research and I did some voiceover of like, you know, the history of the town, you know, and, you know, why it's called Oatman and, and how the donkeys got there and whatnot. So, uh, so yeah, so you'll see that. Yeah. So I just want to talk about a couple high points and then, or low points, and then Walter. First of all, just going back to the no Wi-Fi, the stores actually use dial-up to process your credit card transaction. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, because I was talking to the lady, and you hear that classic, ee, 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 and I'm like, the modem. <laughs> I'm like, well, uh, what's going on? And she's like, oh, we don't have Wi-Fi at all. She's like, so we have to use dial-up to fucking do your credit card. So that was ridiculous to me. Um, as we walked around the town, so the way David sold it to me and maybe... Hold on. I had never been. I'm just regurgitating the marketing materials that I was fed. Which was the way David sold it to me was that I would be parting the Red Sea of boroughs while we were there. That's how many would be in the town. Pretty sure I didn't say that. 
Oh, no, my words, but in essence, your your theory, my words. There'd be so many boroughs there that it's it's been overrun. That term was used a couple times. According to Wikipedia, and I verified this today because I just did the voiceover for the video, uh, there are more boroughs than inhabitants of the town. Okay. So it appears it's a town of seven people. <laughs> because we saw about six boroughs while we were there, six or seven boroughs. <clears throat> Um, weirdly, so before we left town, we saw six or seven more on the way out of town. We and saw more out of town yeah, than in town. That's true. Yeah. We, so, they, they were like in the middle of the road. So a couple of random things. You're not allowed to feed them carrots. I don't know why, but there was just signs up everywhere that said, don't feed carrots, no carrots. You know, the old Ghostbusters sign. Yeah. Like the no carrot sign. Um, there was obviously shit everywhere. Just, you do realize that was a thing long before Ghostbusters, right? The, sure. the no smoking slash no doing something sign. The Does, the red circle with the red slash through it. Doesn't mean they didn't make it more popular. Uh, Jay-Z makes a Yankee hat more famous than a Yankee can. Moving on. Um, the, the roads when we left town were ridiculously small where you could not really fit two cars on it at once. It was the kind that you see in like fucking Bolivia where people fall off cliffs. <laughs> and there were cliffs too. as yeah. we were going. Just one thing that really stood out to me, maybe, so the, the when you leave town, it's like 25 miles of turns. And there's not really a lot of houses. There's not houses against the curb or nothing. Maybe 13 miles out into the middle of nowhere, there's three mailboxes on the side of the road <laughs> <laughs> and no houses to go with them. Yeah. Um, so I thought that was a little interesting. So the donkey that is the most popular, most well-known slash most famous donkey in Oatman is Walter, Walter, right? Walter was born in 2020, I believe just before, just after the pandemic hit. And the reason why he seems to be so popular is one, they people see a good fucking sales pitch when they got it. Mm -hmm. And you know, you make a stuffed animal out of anything, it'll sell. And they so, got you. Yeah, well, they got my daughter. My daughter wanted a stuffed <laughs> no, animal. they got you. Yeah. <laughs> so I bought her a, a, a Walter stuffed animal. Uh -huh. But the reason why he's so unique is I guess the donkey lives indoors with three dogs and he acts like a dog. Yeah. So the, the story behind it was the, the donkey's mama like abandoned him right before COVID. So this, I guess one of the, the, the one of the seven people that live in town <laughs> took him in and raised him alongside their dogs. So, uh, so yeah, so Walter's uh, a special creature, yeah. but you'll have to, Watch the video on YouTube. Let us know what you think. Um, you can find out more about Walter. But also, more importantly, let us know if you want to see more of that stuff. Because I, like I said in the last episode, that was the original impetus for, for this show was to, you know, be just you and me going around and having fun at just random places like Chernobyl or Open. I thought it'd be fun to do stuff like the crazy stuff like that. So let me know what you think and uh, maybe we'll do some more. All right, so after that, we get to Arizona, and we decide to fill our time with everything from watching really weird Netflix shows <laughs> to a soda test, so which we'll talk about, to your son's graduation, uh, to pizza bread, to house fires. Right, we we got to pick up the tempo here. You're, you're making me fall asleep here. <laughs> it's called it building. It's called building a story. Uh, build it faster. <laughs> All right, so we do a soda test while we're in Arizona. A taste test. 
a taste test. Yeah. Blind taste test. Yes, it was very blind. Yeah, David's wife sets it up. It's six sodas. They were Diet Coke, Diet Pepsi, Pepsi Max, Coke Zero, Coke Starlight, which is... No, fucking- no, no. We didn't do Coke Starlight. We just did Coke and then Diet Coke. Coke and then Diet Coke. Oh, so we didn't end up getting Starlight. Okay, no, so Coke and not. Diet Coke. Uh, me, David, and his kid did it. And of the six, David, how many did you get right? I got zero. <laughs> and of the six, how many did your son get right? Two. And of the six, how many did I get right? Zero. Zero. <laughs> David and I got and, Oh, hold on. Wrong. And my wife. Remember, my wife did it too because yeah. she was curious. She also got zero correct. Yeah, we redid the test just so people are like, wait a minute, you said she set it up. We redid the test. <laughs> um, it's actually, you know what? It's a silly little fun game that you can play at home, right? It's something to do. It's silly. It gets you to do something that you wouldn't normally do, you know, but it was, uh, it was interesting. And it goes back to we did our Burger King taste test a couple months ago, you know, in July of last year. So it was a follow-up to that. Yeah, I think... Though I don't think we did it, and and I think this was because you remember, like back in the eighties, Pepsi was so dead set on the fact that their soda was better than Coke's, or they wouldn't be able to tell the difference. Most people wouldn't be able to tell the difference, right? It was called the Pepsi Challenge, and it was a big marketing campaign back in the eighties. And they went to malls across America back when malls were yes. a big thing, and they set up blind taste tests and what they did was they chose people that were coke drinkers self you know uh acclaimed coke drinkers are you a coke drinker yes okay come here let's do a taste test and i remember this because i actually did it in our mall it was the uh, the new rochelle mall when we were a kid me and my bud my bud were um at, at the mall probably going to the record store or something like that and then they had the taste test and we were like oh we saw the tv commercials about this let's do it so we did the, the pepsi taste the pepsi challenge and we both picked pepsi Ironically, and we both are Coke drinkers. So I feel strongly that after you drink two or three of these things, they all start to taste the same. And there's just not a really easy, good way. I think my son got two right. I think it was <laughs> blind luck. Because uh, you and I were pretty confident that we were going to be able to at least pick out the ones that we drink, right? Like we drink Diet Coke. I would have thought for sure I would have been able to tell either the the uniqueness of the diet flavor or the uniqueness of the regular flavor, meaning knowing that it wasn't the other one, but yeah. I couldn't nope. tell the difference. Fucking After anything. you drink like three or four of them. And I mean, you know this, I went back like five times was trying oh, them, God. taking my time. Like, ah, oh, I just, I'm not getting it. I just, they all taste the same. Talk about picking up the pace. Everybody yeah. <laughs> was yelling at him at one point to just fucking write down the numbers. <laughs> Yeah, it was pretty, pretty, pretty interesting. But yeah, uh, at the end of the day, none of us could pick out Diet Coke from Diet Pepsi from Pepsi Max. It was, it was a, it was a disaster. Yeah. So, but I think that plays into the soda company's favor, right? If you're Pepsi and you say I only want Coke, you know, drinkers to do this blind taste test of Coke versus Pepsi, you know, a couple of tests back and forth, they're not going to know the difference. They're going to say, oh yeah, this See, is the here, one. Here's the only issue. It's not going to change which soda I grab when oh, I no, go to this. Oh no, 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 yeah, absolutely. So yeah. no, I agree. I'm not. I'm not drinking Pepsi. I just I don't like it. Right. All right. So one of the nights where um, we didn't have to worry about watching Phoenix Suns games, one of the nights we threw on the that was every night after they got eliminated <laughs> from the playoffs. <laughs> uh, was it on Netflix, David? The Our Father Show. 
Yeah, it was a show. So, it was a documentary called Our Father. It was a docudrama, okay, because it was part documentary, part reenactment. But it was a docudrama about this doctor. All right, and I don't know if you were going somewhere else with this. No, go uh, ahead. You, all right, I'll explain it. It was about this doctor. He was a fertility doctor. And I think this was back in the 90s. I don't remember the oh, time. Oh, even earlier. It was, it was like early, all the way was like back the 70s, to the 70s. Maybe. Yeah, all right. So it was like 60s, 70s. And this fertility doctor had been replacing sperm samples or misrepresenting sperm samples as, uh, as uh, you know, doctorate candidates, students, right? So pre-med students. He was, people were coming in and they were saying, well, I need a sperm donor. He would say, great, I'm going to get you, you know, some of the finest pre-med students that we have working with us and we're going to take samples from them and they're going to be the father of your children. Which in and of itself is a little fucking weird, right? You know, you're just some random stranger and someone says, oh, he's a, he's pre-med. Oh, okay, great. You know, that's, but, that's, but I that's think good that's, enough for me. I think that's the normal process, right? You go in and you give some things that you're looking for and you make sure the person has no history of X and you order your jizz. I, I'm pretty sure that's the process. Normally. I'm pretty sure it's not like a Coke machine where you get to choose your flavor of jizz, uh, mm. but I could be wrong. I've never Maybe. done it. So anyways, I'll take so what making jerk jizz. <laughs> yes. So what he ends up doing is in some cases, people came with their husband's sperm and their husbands like donated right then and there on the spot. And he went into a back room, jerked off into a cup and then brought his back out and then implanted it into the uterus of these women with their husbands in the room. Yeah. In some cases. In other cases, he would go back to the quote unquote, you know, room and pull a sample from his collection. But what it really was, was a freshly made sample of his own. And I don't want to ruin it, but this guy had basically impregnated most of the town. This was a small town. In yeah. rural America, this was not New York City. So the the couple things about it is there were there's two levels of fucked up to start with. Was one he he was using his own sperm for these kids. That's one side of it. And then, like you said, the other one was he was replacing people's who were being brought in. Like that's yeah. actually much worse. Like both of them are fucked up. But the fact of the matter is, if you think about it, if somebody comes in and wants a kid. And they think it's a pre-med student, but it happens to be this guy. It's it's it, surprisingly it's not illegal. In <laughs> his mind, I know, right? In his mind, he's like, "Fuck pre-med! I'm going to give you a full-on doctor." <laughs> <laughs> so, and I mean, you got to give the guy credit for how he could perform on on ask, right? Because the lady comes in, is like, "Let's go! I'm ready." Goes in the other room, bang! Like I can't pee if somebody's talking to me sometimes in the bathroom, <laughs> let alone the pressure that this guy's feeling. But. So they, as David mentioned, it was a very small town. So what ended up happening is tons of people are fucking related and didn't realize it yeah. because they all have the same father. In now, br now bring technology into yeah. play and you have online dating sites and mm -hmm. dating pools and match.com. And all of a sudden people are dating and not realizing that they could potentially be dating a relative or a, a sibling. Yeah. And and then all of a sudden you have Ancestry.com and 23andMe, DNA testing comes into fruition and this guy's got to be shitting bricks, right? Because now all of a sudden people are getting tested going, wait a minute, where's yeah. my father? So definitely what ended up happening is the 23andMe is what 
you know, the, that kind of testing is what ended up linking the story together. Mm-hmm. And, you know, if people have ever used those or know anybody have used them, there's two ways you can do it. One, you could just get your background, you know, your 10% Samoan, 5% um, Genghis Khan. Everybody's at least fucking like 1% Genghis Khan, um, you know, 90% Italian, all those things. Then the other thing you can do is you pay for a yearly subscription, which shows these are people who've matched X amount percentage of yours. You could be related. So it's also how a friend of mine found out that he thought his dad was fucking around and this kid that they were introduced to most of their life as like their friend's kid was actually like a half sibling because they had a, they had tested close enough to them, but (laughs) that's an aside. Um, So, we won't ruin the numbers. They go through. They talk to all these different people, but it's a lot. It definitely is worth worth a, a lot. lot. If you can get past the creepiness of it, it yeah. was definitely worth uh, worth the viewing. So it's called Our Father. It's on Netflix right now. Go check it out for sure. Yeah. So the other thing that I just the one thing I do think is funny about that is so they interviewed maybe say five people, seven people. I don't remember how many it was, but the funny thing is they probably interviewed twelve people, and the other ones were boring. <laughs> and they're like, "You're not making the cut." <laughs> <laughs> Of of all the siblings he's talking about. Yeah, yeah of all the different like, siblings. You know, six or seven of them made the show. Oh. All right, uh, question for you. Have yes. you ever done uh, Ancestry.com or 23andMe? I have not. Oh. Have you? You, uh, I, I, you should do it. And the reason why you should do it is because, so both of my parents are Italian, of Italian descent. One removed from actually living in Italy Uh I was like, there's, I'm going to be like, you said it before, 90% Italian. Yeah, no. 58% Italian. Do you know offhand, without the ancestry test, do you know your grandparents, your great-grandparents? Like, can you directly Off get the boat. that lineage? Okay. Off the boat. So, because for me, like, yes, look, and I'm not, I, you think I was joking. They said that one out of every 200 people in the world can be traced back to Genghis Khan. Mm-hmm. Because he was, as they say on the show, the Grand Tour, quite rapey. <laughs> so he had hundreds and hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of kids from all the women he raped. Yeah. Um, one out of every 200 can trace back to him. But I, I didn't probably, get that in, the, in, in, in my sample, kid? but you know, sure. So I don't know. Maybe we will do it. I was hoping at least for Julius Caesar, but I don't think I got that either. No. Not, not at 58%. Yeah, so maybe. I'd be shocked if you were if you were more than seventy percent Italian. Oh, I think it'll be more, but I think there's going to be. I think you should take the test. I think there'll be some Greek probably in there and some other stuff like that. I think you're going to be that... you're going to be a little disappointed. All right. well, disappointed. I mean, it's not going to change anything. No, it doesn't change anything. But right. I, I remember going in like, oh, I got to be like ninety percent Italian. Nope. <laughs> you're twenty percent Jersey Shore. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So. The reason why I was out in Arizona, the main reason was for your son's graduation. Yes, finally got got yes. my youngest, my youngest turned eighteen and graduated, and I'm about to be an empty nester. Yes. So, um, we arrived on Sunday from Vegas. The graduation was on Thursday, so I just worked from there for the week. So we go to the graduation Thursday night. It is um, surprisingly for how hot it was. It was about hundred degrees. It didn't feel that bad. It didn't start till 7 o'clock because they want to avoid all the heat and stuff like that. So first of all, I haven't been to a lot of graduations, including my own, because <laughs> I didn't graduate high school. But they had, which shocked the shit out of me, they had fucking four valedictorians, which makes no sense to me. 
Yeah, that was actually low from the prior years. No. And every speech was terrible. Every yeah. speech was terrible. Um, they had, you know, the salutatorian. They had the the principal say something. And then so that takes a shitload of time. Then they got start getting into oh, and we want to honor basically anybody who's done anything at any given time. So they're like, we'd like the honor students. There's two high, high, high distinctions. You please stand up. Clap, clap, clap. There is twelve um, next level distinction. Please stand up. Clap, clap, clap. There's 13 people who are going into the military. Please stand up. Clap, clap, clap. So they're going through all these different things. People who are part of the Chinese American Club, part of the Asian American Club, people part of this American Club. So they start doing all those. Then they get to, and this is where you know you just fucking have to include everybody. What did they say, David? Do you remember what it was? There were 12 people that are certified yoga instructors. Please stand up. So they made fucking 12 certified yoga instructors sell stand up. How that's just so fucking and I was like this is ridiculous. And the first thing you said to me was you turned to me and you said you got to put that in the notes. <laughs> so I was in the presence of greatness where I was in the presence with 12 certified yoga. You see what you missed by getting your GED? You missed that. You missed that whole that whole yeah. thing. Uh, when did you get your pizza oven that we used? Uh, it was a Father's Day gift last year. Ironically, my my wife ordered it in like I want to say April for you know Father's Day, which is usually in June, and it didn't arrive until like almost July August time frame because they were so back ordered and because of COVID and blah 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 shipping whatever. So uh, so yeah, I think I ended up getting it like August of last year, July, August of last year. It's called an uni, O-O-N-I. Go to O-O-N-I dot com. They are not a sponsor, but I stand by that product. I absolutely love it. They make um, what is the equivalent of a fairly quick and dirty pizza oven, like a, like the old brick pizza ovens. Yeah, and this one's gas powered, so yeah, it works pretty propane. well. So... David makes the pizza, which is awesome. Uh, came out really well. Another night, he made burgers. He barbecued the burgers. Flambéed those yeah. bitches. <laughs> Flambéed. <And> <laughs> while barbecuing the burgers, he the grill oil caught on fire. Yeah. The uh, cornhole set that was next to the grill caught on caught fire. On fire. <laughs> After we left, you and I had left to go. Where did we go? I don't remember. You and I went to go do something. And I remember my wife texting me like while we were on the road, like you motherfucker, you didn't put the fire out. <laughs> um, and which was leaning against the house. So the funny thing is when we get home, your wife points out that this is like the fifth time you've done that it's where you've set a fire. Time. That's a slight exaggeration. It's probably the second or third time. Probably no, the third time. What I loved about it was your answer was so like nonchalant and broken. You were like three times maximum. Like that's okay. <laughs> like that's an okay number. You were like, it's been maybe three times that I've lit the house on fire. Like stop with the five. <laughs> so... No, um, it's a stupid grill. It has that fucking grease, the the catch, you know, that goes underneath all the burners to catch all the shit that falls through. And, you know, it's good for like a month or two. And then after a while, it catches enough grease to where, you know, if you cook something that's super greasy, like our burgers had bacon in it and cheddar cheese. So that shit drips down and boof, thing went up yeah. like a fucking blowtorch. So the one thing I want to talk about the pizza that I forgot. So David made sauce. 
had all the ingredients, you know, like either fresh or um, the right cheese, the right salami, all that kind of stuff to go on to pizzas that he was going to make. But the one thing that he didn't make was pizza dough. <laughs> on and, purpose? Yeah, on purpose, because he's like, Trader Joe has this fantastic pizza dough. We're going to go to Trader Joe's about an hour before. We'll go get him. We'll buy him. We'll bring him home. We go, and this is where I wish we had video because the the <laughs> face I you, the face that he did has never happened before is not justified by you hearing it. But we go, and he, we walk up to where the sign says pizza dough, and the slot is for pizza dough, and the slot is empty. Though, and it's not a small slot; it's massive, and yeah. it is empty. And David just stood there and stared at the empty slot for how to be never nine, happened before. 90 seconds, like not, not saying anything. So I'm finally like, uh, that's the sign. So there's, there's no pizza dough here. So let's ask the guy. We asked the guy and he's like, yeah, no, we're out. So we had to go by at another place, frozen, mm-hmm. gluten-free, Ugh. dairy-free, Flavor, flavor free, free. <laughs> um, carb free. Like I don't know what the fuck this everything thing was made free. Of. It, it was wheat and and maybe some egg to hold it together. Yeah. Um, but we actually found a way by cranking up the heat. We ended up making uh, the dough tolerable. Um, but yeah, I just thought it was. F- I wish you guys could see the face of him staring at the empty dough spot. It was it's amazing. the same face your man makes when. He comes too fast. Because David that's knows that's never happened mirror. before. <laughs> uh, David uh, regrets the day he put a mirror above his bed. <laughs> um, so one of the other things you threw out at me, right? At night, you guys lock your your garage door inside garage door. So you have the garage doors that are locked, and you lock your inside garage door. Correct. And you're like, look, it's I'm not comfortable leaving it unlocked, so we lock it. Which I would say I think you're being silly based on where you live, but you told me something happened to your neighbor's lawn <laughs> um, that he installed something new and it, it got liberated. What did I tell you? Why am I not recalling this? Your neighbor got his grass stolen. <laughs> oh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know the, the fake grass that everybody pays like $5,000 for? <laughs> Which used to be called AstroTurf, but it has other names well, now. Well, AstroTurf was like the cheap plastic version. Mm-hmm. Now, nowadays, it's like super like um, it authentic and real, and it feels you know like like somewhat like real grass. Yeah, and it's like you know like I don't know a hundred dollars a square foot, ridiculously expensive to put it in. Yeah, somebody got it stolen. Well, not only that, we had uh, my daughter's car stolen from from my driveway. So I mean, and and we don't live in the ghetto by any means, but. You know, crime happens. So, uh, you know, that's why I was like, "Yeah, we don't, we don't live in Connecticut, buddy. You got to lock the door." <laughs> All right. Well, those that's those trips, uh, David. I have a couple random things. Do you want to talk about insurance before I get into some random stuff? I get an email from my insurance broker, right? And and I I want to see if it's just me or this is getting crazy. But it used to be that when you got insurance, you were insuring the person, right? And any car that they drove would be insured. Like if I got insurance and you let me drive your car and I wrecked it, my insurance would pay for it because I was the driver of your car. All right. At least that's the way I thought it used to be. 
So I get this note from my insurance guy and he's like, Hey, I noticed that you live in the same house as this person that has the same last name. And I'm like, yeah, that's my fucking wife. <laughs> and he's like, well, they're not on your insurance policy. I'm like, no, she has her own insurance policy. She didn't, you know, she's got her own insurance company. She's been using it since, you know, she turned 16 and didn't want to leave. So we maintain separate insurance policies. Well, yeah, I need to add her to your policy. Okay, great. Add her to the fucking policy. I don't care. By the way, it's going to increase your monthly costs by like 400 bucks. What? You gotta be fucking kidding me. Why? And he's like, well, you know, you now have, you know, all the cars that you insure. It's like my car, my kids' cars, whatever. Now, you know, she's going to be a driver on them. And I'm like, yeah, but she has her own insurance. And he's like, well, it doesn't matter. Uh, if she drives any one of your cars and gets into an accident, we're not going to cover it. I'm like, yeah, her insurance will cover it. And he's like, no, 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 that's not the way that it works. I'm like, well, that's the way it used to work. When did it fucking change? So I got to ask you, have you had this? Did you realize this? Are you, you probably have one insurance policy for your whole family. You don't have your kids don't drive yet. So it's not yeah. a big deal. I, I have one insurance policy and I didn't ever think of it the way you're thinking of it. I always thought it was you're insuring the car and anybody who drives it. And the issue is, if it's somebody who drives it all the time, like your wife, and I, you're, yours different, right? Because you have a big truck that she doesn't normally drive. My wife and I, while I drive my car 80% of the time, it's a good 20% she might take my car. So she has to be a named driver on it. So it's a little bit different. But like, say if my father needed to use the car once and he got in an accident, we would argue that he's not a normal driver. That's why he's not named on the policy. It'd be no big deal. The policy would still be fine. So I didn't think of it the way you're thinking of it. So I don't know if it's ever changed or maybe you just got wrong information or maybe it did change, but I always thought it was you're insuring the car and whoever drives it. So where I have a problem with this is, so for example, my son turned 16 a couple of years ago. We added him to the policy. I have some very expensive cars and I have some not so expensive cars. He's never going to drive the expensive cars, right? Because I'm not going to allow him. Right. Insurance company says, yeah, too bad. So sad. Uh, you have to pay for it. So add him to the policy. Boom. The policy goes up 300 bucks a month. Like, are you fucking kidding me? Yeah. Like that's it's, bullshit. The whole thing is a, is a scam. Like, you know, Chris Rock used to joke about call. It should be called in case shit happens. And he's like, and if nothing happens, they should be giving you money back at yeah, the end. That's, that's the so, gamble. Yeah. Well, that's bullshit. Anyways, if anyone has a, a similar take on insurance and or has their own uh, take, please send it to uh, ridiculouslybored at gmail.com. We would like to know because I'm about to fire my insurance company. I want to make sure I'm uh, of the right mind. Yeah. So if anybody uh, had the wrong take like David did, please let us know. Um, <laughs> I'm just going to squeeze that in there. So a couple things on the plane ride back. So we don't have to wear um, masks on the planes anymore. Yay. Finally. Right. And, and there's still people who do, and I have no issue with that. And there's plenty of people who don't, I have no issue with that. I'm a donter. I don't wear a mask when I'm on the plane. My view is I got three fucking shots for a reason. Um, if I'm sick, I'll wear a mask, but if I'm not, I'm not going to, I have an issue. This is where I do have an issue now. And it's, it's, it's actually annoying me when I see it on planes, trains, in stores, the people who have masks on, but just have them below their chin. Why the fuck are you wearing the mask then at all? If you're not wearing it on your mouth and nose. So you're just putting an awkward, inconvenient thing on your face to just be on your face. 
that's what I'm seeing a lot of people do now. I just don't get it. You have any thought on that? No, my dad had this saying, and and let me preface this by saying that my dad had full on Alzheimer's by the time he had this saying. So take it with a grain of salt. But when we started wearing the masks, he would say to me, wow, ugly people must really love this because those masks cover their face. You can't tell if they're ugly anymore. Truth. And my, and my response was like, dad, come on, you can't say that. He's like, well, why not? He just didn't get it. But maybe, you know, maybe that was one of those scenarios. Yeah, maybe, maybe. If it makes you look I mean, pretty. Like I would expect you to wear masks more often. Ouch. <laughs> um, I do when I uh, use chloroform. With that, no, he's no. Michael Carter. <laughs> no, no, no. No, I got a couple more things. I got a couple more things. Just random things. That's why I just want to get them in now. So I saw an ad on the way to the airport for limes. Is that something that really needs to be advertised? Is it like the the Lime Farmers Association of America or something like that? I think it was one particular. I think it was one particular company. But here's the thing: Can you name a fucking company that sells limes? Mm, no, I can't. Well, it's got to be like Dole or like Minute Maid, yeah. like those companies that are yeah. known for citrus. So, but they gotta be wasting their money to put a fucking ad for limes, but. That's just one thing I saw. Another thing I saw in the actual long-term parking at the airport was somebody who had on the back of their car, just married, going on our honeymoon. If you feel like donating to us, here's our Venmo account. So what Did do you think? Did you write think? a note on that car that said, suck a bag of dicks? No. <laughs> um, I, I, uh, I mailed him a bag of rocks. If anyone um, can tell, I am definitely against the redistribution of wealth i'm well, not giving my money <laughs> there's a difference between crowd surfing your family right crowdsourcing sorry not surfing crowdsourcing your family Although, and friends surfing your family would be kind of fucking fun <laughs> yeah <laughs> not gonna lie until one of them puts a figure in your catch asshole. me bitches <laughs> um i just thought that was so weird that they would be trying to get money from randoms and i wonder if it's working like if look, if they got fucking ten bucks, it was worth writing it on the the car in you know marker that'll wash. And if off, you so. did, please email ridiculouslyboard at gmail dot com yeah. and let us know so we can put it on. We'll give you our Venmo. <laughs> <laughs> um, how do you feel about this monkeypox making its way into the U.S. now? It's funny. My wife and I were just talking about this today, and she so yeah, we've talked about. I have this this news app, and it's called Smart News, and it kind of just feeds you a bunch of bullshit, right? So clearly, you know, me keeping up with COVID for the last two years has added like, you know, any sort of disease or viral event to the list of things that they'll notify me when stuff happens. So I, all of a sudden I'm getting these articles for this monkeypox virus. And I'm like, you got to be fucking kidding me. Another one, really? And um, the more disturbing thing about it is not so much the fact that it's another contagion, but apparently this thing gives you lesions like nasty like leprosy looking like i don't even know how to describe it it looks nasty it looks like something out of a medical fucking uh dictionary that you you learn in in uh, medical school and you don't ever want to see again like one of those bad horror movies where they throw like acid on you and you get all oh it looks swollen. way worse it looks disgusting oh, maybe that's a good example it's like it makes you look like the gremlins that pop out of your skin from uh the movie gremlins if you, yeah. you want to go back to that and one of my friends was saying that she read an article and it mentioned that it it typically like starts somewhere and then it ends up in somewhere near your genitals. See, 
right. Well, so maybe that's a good segue into the last item I have on my list is advances in underwear, actually. And oh, fantastic. Monkeypox is a good good way to go to it. Is it so really, though? F- first off, I found out, we found out, and this is coincidence, because I was going to talk about these advances in underwear, but found out that your wife doesn't like the word panties. Um, oh, yeah. Yeah, and I found that out when I walked in. She I was has like, hey. two trigger words. Yeah, I f- when I said, hey, cute panties. No, I'm kidding. Um, <laughs> it just came up in one conversation one night. Yeah, well, the other one is is on the list of a lot of women's trigger words, which is moist. <laughs> but panties was one that I was like, I don't understand why this word bothers you, but it is what it is. We have an agreement that I'm only allowed to use the word moist when either talking about cake or towelettes. There you go. That's it. It's, it's a good. It's the deal. only two times. So definitely not moist panties. That's yeah. like you know. Well, it's monkeypox. <laughs> I could actually envision my wife gagging right now as she's listening to this. The FDA authorized a new brand of underwear to protect against sexually transmitted diseases. What? So I'm going to read a little bit here. During oral sex, begin using these single-use underwear, and they're made for people with vulvas. That's what it said. Okay. (laughs) These panties, available as bikinis or shorties... Because you can't say women anymore because that's no longer true. (laughs) ...are... Are, if you were assigned women at birth, um, are made of latex and are about as thin as a condom. And the reason why you wear them is they form a seal on the inside of your thighs and they keep your fluids out of somebody's mouth who's giving you oral to avoid spreading diseases. This is oh, a new pair of FDA-approved underwear. Oral sex, I got to imagine. It's got to feel like fucking uh, licking a balloon. <laughs> <laughs> So, and this is FDA approved. FDA like this approved. Had to go through the FDA. Yeah. How about the research on that, right? I don't know anyone that's going to use that. And and more importantly, would you want to have oral sex with the person that's going to be like, "Hey, yeah, I got to wear these." Yeah. Um, I don't want your tongue to fall out from my uh, gonorrhea, so I'm going to wear these new. Don't want you to get monkeypox, so yeah. I'm wearing these. It's not for me. It's for you. So it's just something I read this week that I'm like, this this world's fucked up. All right. So if if this monkeypox thing gets legs, mm-hmm. like what are you gonna do? Like right now they're saying it's mostly sexually transmitted, but like if you you can get it by touching someone, so it's it's not nearly as contagious as as COVID was, right? You can't get it through the air, but like, as do we even need to worry? Uh, it's gonna be another disease to keep us in the house for another fucking year. Like we just. Can't get ahead. And why did they call it monkeypox? I need to know. Like, were monkeys I believe, checking off? And- I believe, no, I believe they call it monkeypox because when it's a full outbreak, the the way it looks on your body is is the way kind of when a monkey is leaning on its paws. Uh, not paws. Do they have paws? What do they have? They have arms. The arms in their hands. Yeah. Um, it looks. It has a similar look to it. I believe that's why they're calling it that. But I could be totally wrong. I'm not a. I'm not a doctor, even though I. I know about these FDA. So are you really going to stick with that? That's you're going to hang your head on that one. You just basically made that shit up right now. You. That's that's what you're going with. You can watch our new video on YouTube <laughs> if you're interested. For Oatman, it's out there. David's going to be posting it tomorrow, same day this this drops. Today, so please go watch as you uh, listen to yeah, this. Today, as you listen to this, so please go and watch. Um, With that, I'm Michael Carter. I am David Michael. And we are Ridiculously Bored. Bored.